Well, and, and for your audience that's listening, uh, you don't become a leader, an entrepreneur, a parent, whatever spouse in life, because you knew it always going to be easy. You knew, right? It was, you know, the the you know, it was it, it was going to be great. You wanted to be that guy, that 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 woman, that person that when 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 it got hard, you figured it out. And and again, that that could be in a relationship, that could be you know, kids going through challenging times, that could be in your career. And you know, when people just ball up in the fetal position when that happens, you know that that's you know that. <laughs> They're not going to be around, uh, you know, too long. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Thank you for listening and welcome to the show. We've got a professional speaker on the show today, the world's leading speaker and consultant on customer service, John DeJulius, owner and co-founder of John Roberts Spa and owner and founder of the DeJulius Group. You've probably seen them. They're all over the place. He's going to talk about never deviating from being true to yourself. He's going to get into some of his tough times and how to use those tough times to bring out your best. He's going to tell you to do shit well and to be there before you are there. John DeJulius, you are excellent. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, we have a treat for the listeners today. We've got John DeJulius the world's expert on customer service, one of the greatest speakers that anyone can ever see, the most energetic, the funniest, probably one of the highest paid. And he's here to talk about how he went from a wrestler to a hairdresser to an entrepreneur and to one of the most sought after speakers in the world. And I believe, John, you get paid a fortune to go on vacation and talk for like an hour, right? Uh, yeah, basically, basically. Uh, one correction, I never wrestle. My kids uh, do. Oh, I, play I thought baseball. they got it from you. I thought that I'm, I'm no. mistaken. No, no, no. I played baseball. I wish I would have wrestled because uh, uh, it would have, wouldn't have been as uh, hard for me to uh, try to be a, a baseball player. But uh, no, uh, baseball, baseball. Well, I thought, I, I know your, your, your kids have been world-class wrestlers. I th- believe one of them was... A couple times state champion or at least one time state champion. Is that right? Three times state champ, one time national champ. And he was trying to make the Olympic team last year until it got canceled. Wow. So I thought that that had to be genetic, um, but I guess it's just good parenting. Just good, just good parenting. Well, well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the edge of excellence. I always start off the same way. So I got to start off with what is your definition of excellence? Uh, being true to, to, to who you are and to, to, to you, what you want to be and never deviating from that, um, never compromising uh, short-term 
uh, for, 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 you know, what, where you want to get to. So that, that's it. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you. Um, it's, it's really easy. Um, as you know, in, in all areas of, of our life, when we're young, um, when, you know, we're, we're trying to climb the ladder, whatever we're doing, when, when we're uh, vulnerable, um, when we're scared, we're fearful of, we're going to lose it all. Um, it, it, it's not compromising and, and holding true to, you know, who you are and what you say you are and what people, um, believed you to be. So, uh, a lot of people on this, on, on the listening to the podcast are a little bit younger. Maybe they're 23, maybe they're 28. And you just met Scott. He was talking about being authentic. Uh, and they may not know who their self is. They may not know what to be true to. If you don't know who you are, how do you know to be true? How did you find out who you were? How did you find out what it meant to be true to yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, is it, hopefully, uh, or I'm sure it was the way I was raised. Uh, you know, I, uh, my father left. Uh, you know, I, I got cut by a lot of a lot of teams, and and I guess uh, that was the first uh, team I got cut from. My dad just uh, boogied on my mom and 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 six kids, and, and when I was six, and so uh, you know, my mom raised six kids, and uh, she was just. Uh, she was a fighter. She never made excuses. She never, you know, complained. She always made the best of it. And, and, and uh, you know, I never wanted to disappoint her. She, she had this incredible uh, trust and faith in me. And, and, and I'm not sure uh, how true it was, but, what, you know, I, I was a bad student. I was, um, you know, uh, requested to repeat every grade uh, that I went through. I didn't, she wouldn't let them, but, but, uh, they certainly tried. I graduated dead last in high school. I flunked out of college, um, gotten, you know, my fair share of little trouble, nothing ever bad, but no matter what happened, my mom would always stick up for me and say, you know, that, that she believed in me. And it was just something that stuck with, you know, uh, stayed with me. And I, I just, I never wanted to disappoint her. And, uh, you know, it, 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 she was just a kind of a model, you know, perseverance. The part of being true to yourself is doing right by those that have done right by you, starting with the uh, first team captain, your mom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then my goal became I wanted to make her proud and, and you know, give her a life that, that, that she, you know, didn't have. Uh, unfortunately, that, that, that didn't work out. Uh, uh, but, it, you know, I, I'm still trying to make her proud. Wow. Well, I think you've definitely accomplished that. How was that, that challenge through life? How, how and who challenged you being true to yourself, challenged you doing right by those that did right to you? Uh, you know, I just think it was, it was, uh, uh, you know, anytime I, 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 I didn't, I, I got knocked off course. The best, you know, gift that I got that um, that I still used it is the chip on the shoulder that, you know, I got cut. I'm, I was the underdog and, and uh, you know, I walked on in college and, and, and I made the baseball team and, you know, all those things. Right? I wasn't uh, certainly the, not the, the uh, most talented in the room um, in, in, in almost anything. Uh, and, and so, you know, you fast forward to today or, or the past 20 years, anytime I screw up, uh, I realize it's when I think I've made it and I stop, you know, playing like the underdog. I stop playing with a chip on my shoulder and something to prove when I think I've arrived, 
Um, I get sloppy. I get, you know, fat and, 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 and I don't mean the, the FAT, but you know, I just, uh, it, it always humbles me. And so I just need to always be, um, you know, feeling like the underdog and putting myself in that underdog situation that, um, no one else in the me against the world, whatever it is, a game I have to play with myself. I play the same game. I, and exactly the same experience. I stop worrying and everything falls apart. I chase the mighty dollar instead of chasing passion. Everything falls apart. I used to have a banner in my office, which was the logo of this company that, that we had started that failed. And I took a piece of tape and put it all across the banner. And it said, don't forget to worry. And I kept that banner in my office for 10 years because the time I stopped worrying, the time I felt good about myself, it all came crashing down. I, you know, and, and me and my, uh, my intern, Kevin, were talking about this last night, you know, about fear. And I said, I think fear is a good thing. Fear, you know, keeps, I need to, you know, lose some sleep at night. If I don't, that's, you know, that's when I can, you know, get into those, uh, you know, I've arrived uh, mentality. And the next thing you know, you got someone that's eating your lunch. Uh, because you, you're, you're sleeping at the wheel. Personally, professionally, you know, in, in all areas. Yeah, anxiety is what gets through. Stress is the arrows coming at you. You're good at sweeping it away. I'm good at sweeping it away. We want a lot of arrows. Some might get through, but the arrows of stress show that we're progressing. And when we don't have it, I think you and I are sitting there going, wait, what's going on? We're not trying hard enough. We're not doing enough. Matt, I don't know if this is something you could teach, and you probably know this better than me, and I know we're the same, and, and a lot of successful entrepreneurs are. I'm at my best, you know, when when the world is coming to an end, uh, when, you know, you know, last year uh, in the pandemic, in 2008, 2009, the, you know, I, I fall into my zone, the world slows down, I think clearly, and I become, you know, a much better leader. It, my problem is when things is going great, that's where, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm not as good of a leader. Like I almost need to create some drama. So I feel like, you know, the company needs me. If sales are going through the wall, you know, roof and everything's great. It's like, no one needs me. I, I got no fires to put out, but um, I think it, 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 I, I don't know if it could be taught. I don't know how me and you learned it. If it, if it's a thing, but you know, I, I revel when things are, are, are hot. I think it comes down to winning like COVID hit. I'm sure you had to do the same thing. We went from in-person sales to virtual sales, had to reinvent that. We had to change everything we did. We had to change every way we recruit, all this. And all of a sudden you get this new challenge and it's win, 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 because you're beating the challenge. And when there's no challenges, you're not really, it's like the, the professional football team playing the high school team. It's not fun. It's boring. But if the high, for the high school team, it's probably fun. When you're going up against a big challenge and you beat it, that sense of accomplishment is amazing. That's, that's what I think it is. Well, and, and for your audience that's listening, uh, th that's, that's it. Like, like, you know, you don't become a leader, an entrepreneur, a parent, whatever spouse in life, because you knew it always going to be easy. You knew, right? It was, you know, the the, you know, it was it, it was going to be great. You wanted to be that guy, that 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 woman, that person that when 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 it got hard, you figured it out. And and again, that that could be in a relationship, that could be, you know, kids going through challenging times, that could be in your career. And you know, 
when people just ball up in the fetal position, when that happens, you know, that that's, you know, that <laughs> they're not going to be around, uh, you know, too long. Yeah. I bet I've actually had some regrets on this and it's interesting that I'm talking to you about this. I'm a better friend when people are in trouble. So you had some pretty big trouble in your life. You and I are pretty tight. A lot of it's due to our interactions when you were in trouble. I want, and I, I, I would never want that to happen to anybody, but it created a bond between me and you. It did. I, you know, I, I've, I've never forgot, you know, you, you know, hearing from you at times, you know, out of, you know, when I needed to hear from you and, and, and it shocked me. I mean, you know, we were, you know, business acquaintances who liked each other, but it wasn't like we had a, a relationship that I ever would expected you to uh, check in on me and be there for me uh, the way you were. Yeah. And, I, and it created a great friendship. I noticed that I'm a better friend in bad circumstances. And you, you, you just met Scott. Scott's mother-in-law died. I was a better friend to him and to his wife when, she, when his mother-in-law passed than I was before. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Why is that? Why, right. why can't I just be a great friend? And I guess I'm a, maybe it's my lot in life. I'm here. Um, when people are in need, but maybe it's what you're saying. It's like, I want to help this person get through you this. You want to be that person. And, and there's that, you know, the one quote is, uh, you know, tough times builds character. I don't agree. Tough times reveals it. And that's what you show. You know, when people are going through tough times, all of a sudden, you know, some people disappear and run because you're, you're, you're not, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, whoever they thought you were, but uh, other people show up and say, I'm here for you. You know, I'm, I'm here to get, help you get through this and, uh, whatever you're going against doesn't stand a chance against you. Yeah. And it's, I, maybe it's what you were saying before. It's the challenge helping someone in business. We help our teams get through whatever the challenge is. And in but there's life, an empathy. There's a human empathy that you have for people that you really care. It's not just the adrenaline rush no, 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 of no, running no, into no, a, no, a building. No, it's not. <laughs> you, no, you, no. you genuinely, yeah, yeah. you know, are there for people. Yeah, and and we digress. So back okay. to back to the discussion. But now <laughs> you've given me food for thought. I'm going to be racking my brain for the next few days on this. So you're in high school. You kind of suck. Um, yep. You're obviously good at baseball, good enough to walk onto the team. Uh, what was life like in college? How were you in college? Well, um, I guess you flunked uh, I, out. I, I flunked out, and then uh, I eventually uh, went back, and, and seven years, uh, I graduated with a four-year degree. And uh, all I knew I wanted in life, well, yeah, I wanted to be a baseball player my whole life. And at five, six, uh, that, that, that was not going to happen. Um, so... My, my backup plan was I wanted to own my own business. And, and I literally would lose sleep in college thinking, what would that be? And so uh, um, um, the, the only thing I could find two plus two was I love sports and I wanted to own a business. So I'm going to open a sporting goods store. That was like that, that, that made the most sense to me. So I, I was driving for UPS back then, which was, was great money for, for someone in my position in, in uh, the uh, late 80s, early 90s and, and put a bunch of money away. And then I met my, uh, my, my uh, eventual wife and um, UPS was kind of golden handcuffs for me. It was, it was you know, paying me $45,000 a year in, in, in 91 and um, probably more than double I could get at the time with my marketing degree. So it was a problem, right? Because if you make fifty thousand, you're going to live. You know, fifty-one thousand. If you make a million, you're going to you know, live. And so that becomes golden handcuffs. 
so I, you know, my, my plan was, all right, my wife was this, you know, rock star hairdresser. I'll open a salon for her. And if it took off, it would give me the opportunity to quit a good paying job and then go do my thing. And so that's exactly what we did. But, um, you know, like everything, we were weighing over our heads. We didn't know what we were doing. We, we, we almost went out of business within the first four weeks. And so I jumped in it full time to kind of help save it because she was the, the technical uh, aspect, but she didn't really have the business and, and I had the business and no technical. And then next thing I know, we, we, you know, the, the business is booming and, uh, you know, I'm in it full time uh, managing it and, and we're opening multiple locations. And then, you know, if you had asked me, I always say, if I would have known you in college, you said, John, in a few years, you're going to own a hair salon. I would have said, yeah, screw you. I'll bet you, you know, a million dollars. That'll never happen. Well, then when in the 90s, when I'm owning a hair salon, if you said, John, someday in this, you know, not too far future, you're going to be a speaker writing books. I would have said, how much do I bet? No desire. I'm going to open a salon in every major city. And that's my game plan. But uh, um, we started making noise first locally. Uh, with our customer experience. So people started asking me to speak. And then every time I would speak at a chamber or wherever, uh, two or three people would come up and say, you know, can you do this for my company? And yeah, I said, sure. And then they'd say, well, how much? And I'm like, how much what? Like, you know, I didn't know that you can get paid for this. So then that, that took off where, uh, you know, uh, started seeing the real speakers um, at the events. I was I was in a breakout room that you needed a, you know, a map and a flashlight to find. <laughs> and then they had the real speakers at main stage and I'd wait in line with, uh, with the other 300 people. And I'd say, hi, I'm a speaker too. And I think I want to do this more. And they were, they couldn't have been more generous people, you know, Vern and, and Shep Hyken and just rock stars. And they said, Hey, you know, write a book and do this and do this. And, uh, you know, then since 2002, my, my first book came out, uh, I, I went from a salon owner that spoke a little bit to a speaker uh, that owns salons. And I haven't been in the salon industry day to day since then. So I just stood up because your book's sitting on my bookshelf right over there. Uh, I, I tell you, you missed one thing though. What, about the, what about the sporting goods store? What, what uh, happened to that? No, thank God never, never went to it. The salon, uh, you know, I, it became my passion back then. And, and, uh, um, we didn't need a, uh, yeah, I, that became my thing. I, you know, I didn't need the sporting goods store. Thank God that's not a, a booming business today. So I guess this fix. your path to entrepreneurship is the same as mine, accidental and serendipitous. So you're, you had golden handcuffs. I had no golden handcuffs. I was making no money. Um, you know, this painting thing I did, I made money and then I realized, Oh, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to be a business person. And I was doing it as a means to an end. And then the business fell apart and my partners and I restarted it and, you know, rode off into the sunset together for 28 years. You built a business because you needed to solve a problem for someone else. And serendipitously you found, Oh, I love business. And I know you love the salon industry because I've been out there and I've met the people that work there. You love the act of delivering immediate. Wow. To someone once every three weeks, they all should get their hair cut and colored every three weeks. I believe it's much better way to do it. It's less dramatic. I strongly recommend any customers of John Roberts spa, please increasing your frequency to every three weeks. So you found no, but you're it. right, Matt. You know, I, I did skip a major point and, and I believe this is core 
to every successful entrepreneur. Well, two things. Let me back up. I love what you just said. And this is what I tell my three boys. This is what I tell every kid. And to me, any a kid is 35 and under. I say, you know, when you, when you go to school, just go out and, and, and do, I mean, there's, there, there might be a 5% that know from an early age, they want to be an engineer, an architect, a doctor, but for the rest of the world, you'll get your degree in whatever you think and just go do shit and, and do it really, really well. And, and like you, like me, everything was an accident and, and I would never have you know thought, but you start doing something and you find that you're good at it. And I don't know if you if, if you heard of uh, Ikigai, um, it's a Japanese uh, for a uh, uh, phrase for finding your calling in life. And um, it, it means uh, when the four things intersect, something you're, you, you, you could be really good at, something you, you, you love to do, something that uh, people are willing to pay you for, and something that, that has a positive impact on society. Um, and when all four of those intersect, you find your ikigai. And, you know, typically that's by accident, you know, because you, you don't know what those things are. Um, but back to the point, yeah, really what turned me on or got me motivated in the salon industry was my wife, uh, um, you know, uh, loved the, the business, but her coworkers at her previous job were quitting to get real jobs because, um, you know, there's no, there was no benefits. There was no training, no vacation, no 401ks. They loved it, but they, they needed to get real jobs. They need to get serious about life. Um, the, uh, the, the salons back in the early nineties were horrible at customer service. And so, you know, we said, Hey, I, I think we could come in there and do something really good for employees, really good for the customers and, and, and hopefully share with the community, our success. And that was to fix a problem. And I think every great entrepreneur really comes in with, with that vision and, and this, everything else is just side effect results. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of this show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. But Sarah, so do shit well, you said. So yeah, got, yeah, I think that's mine. I think I'm the only one that's ever said it. Yeah, I think you're the only one that said that too. So you, you, you've got your thousand flowers growing. You got your serendipity. You're you're doing whatever happens. You're open to opportunity. But there's a key: do shit well. Because whoever loaned you the money or partnered with you or however you got the money, they wouldn't have given it to you if you didn't do shit well. Uh, your wife wouldn't want you involved in the business if you didn't do shit well. Uh, those employees that were leaving to get a real job wouldn't have looked at you as a real employer if you didn't do shit well. So there's three ingredients. 
be open to serendipity, do shit well, and figure out what problem you solve. You missed hard work. I know you worked hard up until, I don't know, five or six years ago when you started getting paid way too much for talking for an hour. But prior to that, you were working really hard too. So you, we, we have a mutual friend, um, David Wagner wrote the book, Life is a Daymaker. You, if you haven't, get him on the, the podcast. But I hope you remember his story. I love his story. And so uh, I'll, I'll do the quick version. Today, David owns 10 or 12 salons all over the US, Minneapolis, California, best-selling author, lives half of his time in Maui, right? I can't stand the guy. But you, fa- you backwards up to when he graduated from uh, beauty school, he, he applied for a, 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 a job at the number one salon in Minneapolis, and they weren't hiring. And so he kept on applying, and the guy got annoyed and said, dude, you know, we're starting ballet. Um, uh, I, I'll give you that. David says, I'll take it. David parked cars. So that's his job. He wants to be inside, warm, cutting hair, doing what he went to school for. But he takes it. He parks cars so well. That the guy eventually says, you know, what do you, what do you, what's your job? Do you want? I, I want to, you know, so he, he's an assistant. He becomes a hairdresser. He becomes a general manager. He buys the salon and then the, the rest is history. But he will always come back. He says, the reason why I'm successful today is because I park cars really, really well. He said, had I not parked cars really well, I would have never gotten invited inside and, 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 you know, all those things. So it goes back to do shit well, dig ditches better than anyone else. Yeah, and uh, I've had my hair cut at Jute Salon before. I look forward to a John Roberts experience one day. Just like you, though, um, he he wrote the book and became a famous author to help others. Right. And I know the story. He had cancer, and the, the book's called uh, How to Be a Daymaker. It's on my book. Life as a Daymaker. Life as a Daymaker. It's a great book, easy read, worth reading many, many times. He's out there helping others, and the next thing you know, he's got a speaking career. You're out there helping others. Oh, I'm good at customer service. Everybody loves my salons. People are coming in and spreading the word. I'll tell you how to do it. It's real easy. I'll tell you how to do it. And then you get up there and you're giving your speeches. And I met you at one of your speeches and it just blows people's mind. So they keep grabbing and grabbing because you did that shit well. Just a constant path of doing shit well. And I remember the first time I ever saw you speak. And I don't know if it was one of those side rooms that I had to get a map to. I know there was a lot of people there. And I know there was simultaneous translating in the back, Japanese translators. Yes, yes. And that was, I'd never seen that before. And I know you were wearing a brown suit, which I also had never really seen before. And I'm sitting there watching you. and And I've seen hundreds of speakers. And I was blown away. And then you went to get water and I had to interrupt you and tell you, oh my God, you do this shit so well. We got to keep you doing it more and more and more. And that's kind of your path to success, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like you, know, like, like you said, I mean, you know, serendipitous, uh, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, they had no idea who you were. You hired me. But even better, you know, than that, you, you, your connections in, in the world that we run in, being the global education chair of EO, you know, just opened up so many doors. It was like people would call me and say, are you available, you know, June 15th? And I'm like, yeah. And they say, all right, book it. And I'm like, you know. And they'd say, Matt Stewart recommended it. And I know because they didn't ask me how much they didn't, you know, it, 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 whenever it was like, whenever they heard from you, they were like, you, you convinced them. I owe you a lot of commission, but you haven't, you haven't invoiced me. Um, well, I didn't know that. 
And uh, uh, that wasn't what I was looking for. I was trying to help other people, right? I saw you do your shit well. Make sure you're listening right now. Do shit well, because when you're that good and people come to me, you were doing me a favor. Hey, I need a really good speaker. Okay, John. Hey, I have customer service issues. John, and you're one of the only speakers, Vern's another one, um, that we've all seen a hundred times. And we get value every time because you're that good. And when and you're listening to this, like John said, you want to dig a ditch, dig the ditch so well that everybody in the neighborhood wants you to dig that ditch. And then more opportunities come and more opportunities come. So now full time, you're running the DeJulius group. You've got your e-newsletter, which is absolutely amazing. I love reading it. My team reads it. The whole company reads it. You're out giving speeches in exotic lands and sometimes not so exotic lands. So what's your daily life like? And you're, and by the way, if you're listening right now, you don't get to go from 20-year-old college kid to keynote speaker. You've got to do something along the way. So John had this customer service that made him famous. So then he became a customer service speaker. So now you're in the, the public speaking world. You're in the uh, building seminars world. You're in the building conference world. What's life like on a daily basis? Well, it, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it's getting back to a uh, little normal pre-pandemic where, uh, you know, getting on the road. Uh, you know, uh, more occasionally it was every week uh, being a, a couple places. Now it's, uh, you know, so it's, I, I, I still got three boys, but, but two of them are out of the house. I still got one at home. And, and that's that, you know, we all had to find our gift from the pandemic. And, and, and that was my gift of uh, being forced to be home for uh, the last, you know, 15 months, which was really important for my youngest that needed uh um, you know, the, the, the attention and, and, and nightly uh, dinners and, and just all that. But now it, it, it's, it's having the ability to, you know, uh, uh, travel and speak and impact companies. The, the DeJulius Group uh, mostly is a consulting company uh, and, and they, our consultants go out and work with companies. I do less consulting. I'm kind of at the big conferences and that get the lead gen and then um, it turns into consulting. But it's, it's, it's a great life, but it's, 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 as you know, um, you know, you can never rest. There's always someone out there uh, trying to uh, copy you and, and, and be one better. And, and you, you know, we talked about having that fear and, and uh, what keeps you up at night and all those things. And, um, you know, it, it's funny. I, 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 uh, I don't know if you uh, follow uh, July 4th, uh, the greatest champion of all time, Joey Chestnut, won his 14th hot dog eating contest. 68 hot dogs it was this time? 76. Broke 76. his own record in 10 minutes. And I, I actually did a, a, a video and, and, a, and a speech last year on, um, you know, if you want to be the, the best at what you do, you have to be the Joey Chestnut. And what I mean by that is, are you consuming everything you can in podcasts, in reading books, in, you know, uh, any consumption for a you know, couple hours a day. You get up and you get a workout in, you're listening to a, a great podcast on your topic or motivation or something that's going to make you a better human being, all the above. You know, you're reading some articles. You, you, it, it, whatever you do, you, you know, you, people should be able to walk away and say, there is no one I can find smarter at what he or she does. And I, I say, you've got to consume your content like Joey Chestnut, where your customer could never meet anyone that's close 
to what uh, you know about your job. So as an entrepreneur, you've got this unique ability of being a great speaker, an entertaining speaker, packaging the value, delivering the value. You love doing it. We love listening. You've got a great skill set of finding people that want to come be part of the DeJulius group. You've got a great uh, ability to actually practice what you preach, deliver customer service to these companies, but you don't have to do everything. So you're the entrepreneur that's doing what you love to do. You're authentic. You're chasing these challenges. And then you put other people in different places. The finance team is way better at math than you. They didn't flunk out of college. The um, uh, marketing, marketing team, yes. they're way better at art and design and probably a lot more patient and they can go through the A-B testing. And we haven't mentioned that on the podcast before because and I think a lot of people, they want to figure out what their passion is. And this serendipity helps, you know, listening, looking around, trying to figure out who you are so you can be true to it. But you don't have to be good at everything. So you've yeah. been chasing what you love doing and what you're good at. And then how do you figure out how to get other people or where do you find the people that fill in the blanks of things that you're horrible at? And that's it. And, and um, I, I have found that, you know, what keeps... Uh, entrepreneurs from from scaling is they feel the need to do everything. And listen, I'm I'm very uh, narrow and deep. There's very few things I'm good at, and, and I focus on that. And I, I delegate. I over delegate. I learned when I was in college. The way I got through college is I delegated people doing my homework and taking tests for me. So you know it was a skill set I got early on. Um, but yeah, you know, initially it is good to wear every hat for a lot of reasons. One, you can't afford. Uh, you know, to have six or 25 staff and you get a basic understanding of, you know, doing a P&L, a balance sheet, you know, social media, whatever that is. So someone can't totally pull the wool over your eyes, but you got to you got to start delegating because what happens is whatever you are good at, if you're wearing too many hats, you're doing all of them bad, including the one that you are, are, are really good at because you're not getting to spend any time at it. So I love to delegate. I, I over delegate. And even if that means, you know, uh, uh, I can take the day off and, and you know, uh, rejuvenate myself. So I come back on fire next week, instead of, you know, uh, burning the candle too much too hard. So it is critical. I, I always go back to this, you know, people are like, no, you know, if I teach young Matt, um, how to do it, a, it's gonna, it, would, it would take me less time just to do it myself. It would take me twice as much. And he's not going to do it right the first couple of times. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. But the third, fourth time, you'll never have to worry about it. And I always go back to this. The first voice of Mickey Mouse was Walt Disney. Like, that's crazy to me. that he was. So think about Walt Disney back in the first day. He probably thought no one could be the voice of Mickey Mouse that he had to be because whatever all the, the 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 character and the you know that the authenticity can you imagine if Walt Disney never gave up that that you know never delegated being the voice we wouldn't know what you know Disney World would be today and and it goes with so much of us wow uh so how did you go from hint, hitting bunts and striking out in high school to tremendously successful later. And what I mean is you weren't successful in high school. Nobody thought you were going to be successful. You weren't successful in college. Nobody thought you were going to be successful. And I know you serendipitously found business as your passion, but how did you go from what was causing you to strike out before? Why, why did it change all of a sudden? 
You know, I I I, I say have I have uh, have ha- always had ADD. I uh, bounced around, um, you know, on, on subject to subject. Uh, you know, be pulling, you know, Susie's, you know, pigtails and not paying attention to the class and be sent to the principal's office. Like I said, I never did anything bad, but been mischievous and I just couldn't. But, you know, my mom had to take me to, uh, you know, a, a, a whatever back then because they wanted to keep me back. And, and they tested me and said, he's actually bright. He just gets bored really fast. And they teach to the middle of the road kid and he just starts bouncing off the walls. So, you know, I just found a way to, to use, you know, it's kind of OCD. I, I, I'm, it, it started in sports. So when, when I was young, in the fall, my friends would play football. In the winter, my friends would play basketball. They'd wrestle. And in the spring and summer, they'd play baseball. Well, I learned really quickly that I wasn't, you know, I couldn't spread myself thin. So in the fall, I'd practice baseball. In the winter, I'd practice baseball in order to make the baseball team, right? If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have made the baseball team. And so I found really early that I'm really good being narrow and deep. And I go, you know, I just, I focus on one thing. So as a speaker, if you call and say, John, we need a leadership, a motivational, social media, a sales, a marketing, I'll say, Jack Daly, you know, this person, this person, this person, not me for any of them. Customer service, you know, that's the only thing I'll do because I want to eat, sleep and drink and be the Joey Chestnut of my niche. I'm not talented enough. So I just learned early on and I'm not saying it should be anyone else's uh, thing, but I learned what my advantages and disadvantages were and how to, how to, you know, uh, 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 stack the hand. So you found the place where you could consistently hit home runs, where you had the best batting average and where you weren't bored and distracted because there's consistent challenges that you want to swing at. That's exactly it. And that's really where the delegation comes in too, because you delegate the things that don't excite you uh, that you'll probably screw up anyway. So you can keep on going for the next thing. You, you, you worry about the five-year plan while everyone's worried about the execution of today. Now, what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. You get to only do what you want to do and you're really good at. Keep ringing the bell of what a hero you are and everybody else gets to do what they're good at so they can ring the bell. But it's important, as you know, uh, um, Matt, that wasn't the case 25, 30 years ago. Right. I had to, you know, I had to do all the shit jobs that I never wanted to, but I understood that was the case. Hey, I couldn't afford someone to lick stamps and stuff envelopes and 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 mail the thing. I was doing that. Um, I had to do all those things until I started realizing, you know, all right, paying someone 10, 12, 15 dollars an hour would free me up to do what I could bring more money in. But you know. If, if you think you can get there, you know, day one or even the first five years, having balance, you know, today in our in, in our 40s, 50s and 60s, meaning you don't have balance early on. And, and, and there, it's a trade off. Yeah, no matter how important you think you are, how good you think you are. We're talking to Gen Z and we're talking to millennials. There, there's a reputation for they want to be the CEO immediately. Doesn't work that way. You have to earn it. Even if you're in your own company, you have to earn it. And you have to figure it out. I totally I, agree. Do I, shit I, well. Do, do, do shit well. So uh, I just reminded as you were talking, 
Um, and I think I might've gotten this from you, by the way, I, I always talk about that palm down giving John DeJulius reminded me that I stole that from David Wagner. I didn't even realize I stole it from him. It became part of my vernacular. Explain that because that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Well, I've talked about it on this podcast many times, but okay, I'm sorry. oftentimes when people do a favor or do something for others, they want something back. They have their palm up. Palm down is you're just doing it and you want nothing in return. You're and fine if no one knows that you did it. You're the one that did it. Yeah, exactly. You're doing it to make the world better. And, you know, I, that's, I've had many debates about how, you know, people do things, there's always a benefit and it comes down to you feel better. Okay. So when I do people favors, maybe I do feel better. And there is a, there's a little twist if you want to, if you want to fight me on it, but that's not the purpose. That's not the spirit. And if I don't feel better, sometimes you do someone a favor by making yourself feel bad because you have to be honest with them. So I got that from David Wagner. I wonder if I got this from you. Do you know how you can tell who owns the business? It's the person picking up the trash in the parking lot. Did I steal that from you? No, no, no. It's a great one. I wish I could take credit for it, but you're exactly right. You know, one of the great speakers that you and I have seen mentioned that, and it's true. The person that cares the most, the person that dives in and does whatever it takes, that may not be the entrepreneur, but that's the person doing shit well that eventually gets to be the CEO of that company. Right. Be there before knows. you're there and you'll get there versus, you know, Matt, why did, you know, Matt, the employee, why did you just walk over the, you know, or pass the garbage that's over spilling? Or you put a cup in that you couldn't even get it in. You know, well, listen, you know, I'm just this. I'm just a rep. I'm just this. If I was a manager, then I, you'll never get to be a manager. You have to be there before you're there and you'll get there. Act like the manager. Act like the owner. And you'll wake up being that. Be there before you're there. I had to write that one down. Love it. So I have a, one last question I like to ask everybody that I bring on the show. You think way, way, way back to when you were young, way, way, way back to when your skin was a little tighter and you had to make a sacrifice and you made some sacrifice that at the time bummed you out. You didn't want to make the sacrifice, but you had to. And you look back and you're so excited you made that sacrifice. What sacrifice did you make that you'll never regret and you would encourage your young self to, to make again? You know, I, I, I really think, and it's still uh, something I practice today, is, you know, being so freaking picky on who I allow in my, my life. Like, you have acquaintances, hey, how you doing, neighbor, whatever. But people I really surround myself with, it's kind of like I have this 50-foot high fence with barbed wire on it, and I'm not going to let you in. Uh, because, you know, unless you're going to make me a better person. And I think I can make you a better person. And that's hard to do because, you know, you know, one of my friends in my wedding, man, he is a blast, still a blast. He's still at the bar every night, drinking every night and, you know, chasing women and he's 58 and, and, you know, see him once a year at a, a you know, a reunion, uh, we'll go to an Indians game or Browns game, but I can't see him more than that. Right. Because I don't want that, you know, thing. And, and, and so I've always been really picky, which means sometimes I, I, you know, I didn't get to do what would have been the cool thing to do. But I look at people and, and you know, you know, are, are you going to, you know, influence me to get up early and go for a run? Um, are, are you going to be honest with me and say, 
um, you know, John, all you're doing is bitching about your relationship with, 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 uh, you know, Claudia. Um, but this is the third night in a row that you, you're going out drinking or you're bitching that, you know, you, you, you're tired and, and, and you're 15 pounds over, but you're eating donuts at lunch. And the last three times I went to the gym, you said you were too busy, right? Like, you know, that type of stuff versus being the one to encourage me to stay out and have another drink. And, you know, it, it, we've all heard that you never want to be the smartest person in the room. I never want to have the highest character in the room. Uh, but then there's fear because if you don't have, you know, the highest character, you're worried about getting cut because they don't want to hang out with you. So it's like, man, I got to make sure I'm adding value to this group. And, and, and so that's, uh, you know, it's something that I, 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 the one thing I will brag is the group of people that I, I hang around are, are, are amazing. They've been married for 30 years. Their dads, I would kill to be like their husbands. I'd kill to be like, they're just, you know, you know, the, 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 all the things um, that, 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 you know, I, 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 I really want to be more like, and, and that's important to me. That, that's really important to me. So we've all heard you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that is so true. That is so true. Wow. Uh, so you sacrificed what you wanted for what you needed in your social group. Yeah. What was cool? What would have been cool was, you know, to blow off and, you know, whatever, go, go uh, on a trip and, you know, chase girls or whatever the thing was when, uh, you know, I needed to buckle down and get my job, you know, work in and I needed to sacrifice and get my company off the ground. I needed to be a, a good significant other. I needed to be a good dad or whatever that the situation called for at that time. Um, you know, that I needed to make the right decisions and I needed people in my life to uh, encourage me to do those things versus encourage me to, you know, come on, dude, one weekend isn't going to, you know, knock your business out. Uh, you told her you'd be home by seven. If you get home by eight, that's not the end of the world. You know, th those, those aren't the, and I want to be that, that same type. So one of my favorite quotes to this is if I am judged by the people I surround myself with, I'm a world champ. Wow. Well, that is amazing and inspirational, and I really appreciate you taking time to join me. I didn't ask you to come on the show. I was just, uh, you called me or I called you, and I don't know how you figured this out, but I really appreciate you making time. I think you're the most famous person we've had on the show to date. And I'm going to call Michael Cato, remind him that I fired a lot of friends to hang out with him and get him to rejoin my social circle because he's been hanging out with the wrong guys for a little bit. <laughs> Thank I put you, you in that category, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.